SAFM. Prime time all day long. It is 27 minutes after 8 here on 104 to 107 Nationwide. The STV channel, um, audio bouquet 814, that's where you can catch us. We are now going to be talking to Dr. Sheetal Bula, who's a lecturer in sociology for the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences at the University of Zululand. Uh, Dr. Bula has a PhD and two M. MA degrees in the social sciences. She is a lecturer, like I said earlier, a researcher and a freelance writer. Dr. Bula has been the recipient of both awards and academic scholarships throughout her career. So she's one that is very, very knowledgeable around such. She's going to be joining us right now to interact with us around her article that she penned down, her opinion piece around a patriarchy and the role of women when it comes to Indian South African communities, specifically Hinduism. Please remember that uh, you are able to call in. We have an open line from around 10 to 9. So open line, going back to your messages on all the topics that we have discussed, 86 2032 that's where you can get hold of us or you can whatsapp 0614 104107 sms's go to 41391 dr sheetal bula thank you very much for joining us good evening good evening now your article is very interesting very very interesting because when we speak patriarchy a lot of people then you know see it as every religion not every tradition, um, our society founded on patriarchy, but how do we then move out of it? So take us uh, through a snapshot of the core or the crux of your um, opinion piece. Look, what I articulated there is just a general societal behavior, which, you know, we've been watching. It's anecdotal evidence, um, unscientific. And this is discussions, and it leads to a similar theme that dictates that, you know what, I'm a woman, I'm doing it all, um, there's, and, we, and the responsibility is ours. We are not saying to the men out there, come on, participate in the upkeep and sustenance of traditional religious rituals and culture and so forth. Yet, that religious identity is part of the, in, the male and the female. But... Around me, even today, in a postmodern society, you still find that the women are bearing the brunt of doing it all. And I also strongly have the opinion that women themselves are perpetuating it. Simply by agreeing to be a Wonder Woman, by sure. doing it all. But now, let's talk specifically um, in the Hindu context. What yeah. is the man's, um, you know, 
dictates within Hindu religion when it comes to marriage, family, and society. Because maybe that would then explain why women <laughs> are acting as Wonder Woman. I, you know, traditionally, like many other religions, Hinduism too has been has got a historical history of being patriarchal. Hinduism itself does not dictate and had placed prominence on patriarchy or matriarchy. That's the difference. Hinduism is a lifestyle, and it's also a very um, contradistinction type of religion where it's very based on individuality. In the same sector, we've got, for example, uh, different sects that people follow of Hinduism. You've got global Hinduism, you've got Hindu modernism, and you've got traditional Hindu followings as well. And Hinduism as a broad-based umbrella allows for all of that. It's a choices that you choose to make, and it doesn't make you less of a Hindu. Remember, the strong points of Hinduism and its survival historically has always been the ritual practice, the adherence to the festivities, the rituals, the spiritual practices, and not really a single enshrined doctrine. We have more than one uh, religious scriptures or books. But the choice is how we choose to adopt it into our lifestyle. And we within a, in the South African community are at a beautiful place now. We have that space where we can incorporate different uh, modernized lifestyles into that Hindu life way. Dr. Pula, I mean, there are many um, festivals that are practiced within Hinduism, and I'll note one, and you've also mentioned this one, um, on the 19th of August, which marks the birthday of Lord Krishna, and it's there's many celebrations everywhere in every temple around South Africa. But do you then say that these festivals were observed and uh, revered, but not without unspoken contradictory practices amidst them? So talk to me about what these unspoken contradictory practices are? I think that, you know, we are all humans at the end of the day. I was trying to highlight and depict what women do when they're in a social gathering. And in my opinion, it would happen across the sectors in South Africa, whether it's the churches or any other social gathering or even a, a religious social gathering where women cluster around, they gather. It's a auspicious occasion. We're revering, we're celebrating the birth of, a, of the Lord. And there's a lot of happiness around the occasion as well. And we chatter and we talk. But as human nature comes to the fore, um, we choose to, of course, have some gossip going on. We will obviously talk about what we achieve for the day. And there we pat ourselves on the back and we support each other, whether it's indirectly or directly uh, realized or not realized and thought of. We will then say, sure, let me give you an example. What a day I had. I got up at six o- at five o'clock. I prepared the entire vegetarian meal. Now, just to highlight as well, the consumption of vegetarian foods on a, 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 a festival or auspicious religious day in the Hindu calendar is generally a, a very important role as it denounces, you know, the, the consumption of taking another life. It also represents a concept of purity. And of course, we also, Hinduism as a sect, we promote vegetarianism as a lifestyle. So naturally, of course, you'd get up early, you'd prepare this lovely vegetarian meal as your family. And I know for a fact a lot of the women in my circle take sole responsibility for the household and domestic meals on a daily basis, besides also earning an income independently. Then they rush off to work. You come home. You want to, of course, ignite um, the presence of the Lord in your home. 
And there is a ritual attached to that. So there's a cleaning of a ritual, the lamp itself. Look, the ignition of the fire is a representation of the Lord. It's the illumination of the mind, body, and soul. The, the fire also represents the triumph of the evil, light of a darkness. It is our representation of the omnipresent. So naturally there are utensils that are used at the prayer place within every Hindu home. So these utensils have to be cleaned and they have to be prepared. Along with that lighting of the lamp, under usual circumstances, we also prepare offering, where we also revere and we worship the, the, the deity and we say, you know what, today we give thanks, we express gratitude, and we also saying gratitude to you for the prosperity and of course it's celebration. So our, our culture is also very symbolic with all the ritual representations that it falls, on, falls upon. And the family then stand together and pray and so forth. Alternatively, you then also then celebrate the, the festival with, at your community place of prayer. And also I want to highlight the fact that because Hinduism allows for so much variations within our life ways, the, the rituals and the types of offerings also very individual and personalized. What you choose to do, how you choose to do it is up to you. There is no discrimination and no hierarchy of what to do and how to do it. And that is such a beautiful sect of a neo-Hindu approach. But my concern is, in many cases, and I speak from, from my social circles and of course from my experience as well, that women tend to take sole responsibility for all of these little tasks that are keeping it together. But now, in your article, you also mention, uh, Dr. Pula, that you know sometimes you find the older aunties, that's how you refer to yes. them, <laughs> uh, the elderly aunties, who during these uh, festivals and celebrations are also still like further etching this uh, patriarchal thing because they're looking for life partners for their children during that time. Yes. Um, they're finding out whose child is who and how yes. can we do what for them. So does that mean that then women themselves are also putting themselves in a precarious, or Hindu women, in a precarious uh, position when it's festival? time instead of being fully devoted to what is happening? You know, I think the other challenge is that, you know, if we've got to look at the temple as well, the average concentration span of a human being or any male or female, and let's take the gender away, is 20 to 30 minutes. Our festivals, and I think like African cultures too, uh, they can go on for hours. And I mean, I, I, speak to, I speak now very strongly and I'm very, uh, I'm a devout Hindu, and uh, we have beautiful ceremonies that start actually next week. And here we revere the Mother Goddess. And we start off with a prayer. And thereafter, we are dancing and singing and rejoicing the female form of reproductive uh, Lakshmi, as in the prosperity of a womanhood, uh, her reproduction, her fertility, the strength, the knowledge. And of course, we are revering the full female form in, in all its holiness. And of course, there's chatter and talk all the time. And this festival can go on for hours. On a Saturday night, one of our biggest temples in Durban will shut down at 1 a.m. So naturally, at some stage, um, everybody's not going to be focused. And I'm sure this happens in churches as well, where people, after 20, 13 minutes, they would, of course, um, change focus for a bit, lose some attention somewhere, be distracted. It's human nature. Have a bit of a chatter. We're going to social a bit, go back to focus. 
So this is the nature of the way things happen. And of course, these are conversations that are happening around me. So, and very much, let's not take away the South African um, apartheid influence on, of course, minority and ethnic communities within our country. You know, that as well has been very ingrained in our people where everything and decisions in terms of life partners, socialization is happening within your communities because of the Group Areas Act, um, the racial demarcations, and so forth. And sometimes with the senior generations, it's a, it's a challenge to shift from those old ideologies. Let's let's come here then. It seems like uh, in the Hindu religion, and based on your article and what you're saying right now, there's a lot of work that's being done during these festivals, and it's done by the aunties, it's done by the women, yes. and yes. it's not only the chitta and the chatter. It's not only the the the, the uh, almost arranged marriages, but it's also the physical work. So you say women will wake up very early to prepare the vege- vegetarian yes. meals and so on and so forth. What do the men then do during these festivals? What is the role Attend, of the men? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, I, I can't generalize here. I'd be very um, uh, unfair to the male counterparts if I have to say that all men don't participate. Some do, some don't. And, uh, and my opinion is, as women, it's, it's up for us to articulate to the men, you know what, step up, play your part in the household. But um, what role should they then play? What role should they then play? Should they help yes, with the no, cooking? I'll, or they are there things that they can wish. do during the festival? Yes, they, they can even prepare, assist with whatever needs to, needs, needs to be done, whatever needs to be done. And, and the woman of the household has the right to extend herself in that way. But because, of course, you know, we, patriarchy is not just entrenched in Hinduism. It's entrenched in Christianity. It's entrenched in uh, Islamic cultures as well. But my only concern and the focus is that why are we still um, allowing it to dictate and dominate and shape and influence our day? Well, it seems from what you've explained, and when you say we, you're opposing it right. It's the women who are permitting it. Absolutely. It's the women who are the superheroes. And so I maybe in, in religion, are there any texts that are taught about submissiveness in Hinduism? Maybe women are being, you know, you know, um, asked by religious text to behave a certain way. I, I, I'm not uh, adequately knowledgeable, essentially, with all the texts to actually um, indicate that exactly, because, simply because as well, like I said to you, that Hinduism has got various sects and followings and organizations, and each following and organization preach their own life way, suggestions, and uh, articulate what they aspire to. So it would mean, and they are a multiple. Uh, multiple following, for instance. You've got the Ramakrishna Center, you've got Hare Krishna Centers, you've got the following of Satya Sai Baba, then you've got the Arya Samaj Center where they are less ritualistic, then you've got traditional Hindu followings, and it's very vast. But uh, the beauty of Hinduism, of course, is a strong point on individuality and individualism. And of course, you can't take away the fact that socioeconomic circumstances within the South African context also shape how a Hindu family, or even a Christian family for that matter, are going to function as a unit. That is also the concern in terms of lifestyle. Who's leaving earlier for work? Who's come for longer day? Um, who's prepared to do what? Is it partly from generational socialization? Is it from, of course, the daily circumstances? Who's commuting the longest? 
what is achievable. And also, the other reality is we can't deny the fact that a lot of women have always played the role of a stay-at-home mother, parent, caregiver, and homemaker in a traditional society output. And uh, that obviously has uh, edged uh, a mark within within Hinduism and why the patriarchal uh, way of doing things. Yes, and, I, and I'm sure across the sects as well, I mean, uh, in other religions as well, I mean, you've traditionally, that if you look at traditional gender assigned roles, the woman was the, was the child bearer, the homemaker, and uh, the stay-at-home wife. And the male, of, of, the, of course, was the head of the household, and of course, the male breadwinner. You know, Dr. Pula, it seems there's a lot that needs to be done. As we close up, um, what what are your thoughts? What should women um, in the Hindu various sects be doing to emancipate themselves? And also, do they even want to be emancipated? <laughs> or are they happy with the patriarchal setup that they are in? You know, I think that is a personal preference. And uh, what works, and, and you know what? Uh, the older generation are comfortable. It gives them joy also possibly to be doing it all. And, uh, you know, it's a very personal choice. And and maybe that's what's working for them in their home life. And it's a choice that we as women need to make for ourselves. But my concern is that should we, the younger generation, if we look at socioeconomic circumstances, where we are in the South African context, I mean, I speak to a lot of people on a daily basis and you interact and you realize families that have two and three children today, there's a need for two income parents. I think long gone are the days for traditional families to function in the traditional way with specific gender assigned roles. And this is where the challenges come now, where all these uh, traditional and religious attributes need to be sustained and there needs to be a modern and very new approach to manage it. And that is why I say there needs to be a shift in in the structure of the way we participate in sustaining our culture and traditions. Dr. Bula, thank you very much for joining us uh, and uh, sharing uh, this opinion piece of yours. Let's hope uh, that uh, women were listening, Hindu women were listening, and uh, they will choose what uh, suits them. And the younger woman will also have the opportunity to uh, choose the trajectory within the Hindu context. Thank you very much. Thank you.